0: Welcome to Quota Queens, where we talk and giggle about being women in tech sales. Here we go. Hello. Welcome to Quota Queens. This is Daisy. And this is Liz. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about letting other people get inside your head. Especially in
1: sales, when you're surrounded by a team and a leaderboard, you're constantly in a state of competition. And let's be honest, you're comparing yourself to who's getting that deal closed faster, larger, whatever it may be. And it's pretty damn hard to figure out your own true north amidst all the noise. So how do you stay true to who you are, making sure that you don't go crazy in this world?
0: Exactly. And we all do it and everyone's guilty of it. I think that sales is the hardest profession to not do it in because it is so competitive, because there is a leaderboard. But Liz and I were talking earlier about this episode and we really do think that it's something that women struggle with more. Um, And I actually Googled this. Uh, (laughs) So we have some real backup on this and i actually found voices of the internet (laughs) not just us thinking everything is harder which it is um but there was actually a study done let's see by honestly i don't know who this is by we can link it oh marquette (laughs) university okay um okay marquette all the listeners from marquette where you at that's in, in northern Michigan, so I actually know where that is. Oh. I think. Oh. Um, yeah. So basically what it says is that it was comparing women and men's comparison tendencies, evaluating their face, body shape, physical abilities, and how those relate to their self-esteem. Um And it says, as predicted, women were more likely than men to compare their face and bodies to other same-sex persons whom they perceived as having either similar or better physical qualities than themselves in those body domains, with their most likely comparison tendency being upward social comparison. So meaning you're comparing Mm. yourself to people who look worse than you, but who look better than you. So... I mm-hmm. think women do do this more based on this study, <laughs> based on yeah. our scientific evidence, and well, I do it's think something that's really hard.
1: It is. I mean, look, there's not there's far less of us in the industry than there are men. That's a fact. Okay? We know this. And on top of it, we have a very different hormonal and biological chemistry than our male counterparts. Things like emotions that we're not meant to bring into the office are harder for us to eliminate. And we're taught to be a powerful leader, you have to remove all the emotions from the scenario and go into any work place as if you're stoic sometimes. And that's just not a realistic component of us as women. But I think on top of that in sales, it's so easy to find that one or two people that you're constantly comparing yourself to and put yourself down if you're not excelling above them at all times. And I think the reality is there's no there's no way you can be the best all the time. I just don't think that that's a realistic goal, or is it?
0: I don't think so. It's, I mean, it's not. Everyone's going to have a bad quarter. Everyone's going to have bad weeks. And comparing yourself to other people actually demotivates you. So I also found another article in the Harvard Business Journal that came out earlier this year. Sorry, Harvard Business Review um that came out earlier this mm. year and i really liked it and it this topic reminded me of it but it was called stop being so hard on yourself and it talks about how people think that compa- self-comparison and negative self-talk are ways to motivate themselves and it said research shows that self-criticism is a poor strategy when used excessively It is consistently associated with less motivation, worse self-control and greater procrastination. I think the other thing that you Mm -hmm. and I have talked about is like, is like when you're thinking about these things, think about, do you, does this bother my male counterparts as much as it bothers me? You know, I don't Mm -hmm. think that when someone else closes a deal, it bothers other people as much as it might bother one of us, because we view it as something that we then have to live up to, we put more pressure on ourselves and women are also mm-hmm. more perfectionistic. So we view being at the top of the leaderboard as being perfect. And so that's yeah. something that we have a tendency towards, you know what I mean? And so it's actually hurting I us think more than it's helping us.
1: Yeah. First of all, I think perfectionistic is not a word, but I like where your head's at. And second of all, i mean look maybe i don't know oh okay well sure so then (laughs) there's also though the fact that like who knows what our male counterparts (laughs) oh shoot well then i just made myself look like an asshole and an idiot at the same time (laughs) so definitely not at the top of the leaderboard there but um shout out to my literature degree and the the other (laughs) thing though is who knows what our male counterparts are thinking. We do know though, based on that Harvard business review and any therapy that you've taken, there is this part of being an overachiever that has a a reverse psychology to it, where you think you have to like put yourself down in order to constantly motivate yourself. But the reality is that makes you feel worse, less productive, and has kind of a masochistic, quality to it. So what if you're, what if you were to change your rhetoric to something that was kinder to yourself, what would happen then? So if you were to say, oh, my male counterpart just closed this massive deal. Great. That means that I have the opportunity to do the same. I don't know. I just don't see myself doing that. I, I will always be the person that's like, I have to do better than that person and it will motivate me more. And maybe that that frame of thinking is also okay. You know, I think it's just about lessening the judgments we put on ourselves and on others in order to be the best we possibly can be. Yeah. Because, like, Michael Jordan was definitely not saying to himself when he was in the game and someone would score on him, oh, that means I can do it. It, He was saying, I'm about to annihilate this person because you just scored on, on top of me. What do you mean? Anytime he felt that someone was achieving above him, he would use that as motivation to be better than that person.
0: Yeah, for sure. But you know, I think it depends on on what you're looking for. You can definitely like, beat yourself up into overachieving, but not be that happy. But if you want to be happy, and have sustained motivation, I think it is important. And I'm not great at this either, which is why I like talking about it, because I like to get insights from other people who are good at it. But canceling out all the noise, um, and just focusing on yourself, I think you can still achieve at a really high level and push yourself this quarter, I want to close this much business then next quarter I want to close this much business and obviously if somebody raised that raises that bar you can definitely raise it for yourself as well but focusing on for me focusing on oh this person closed the deal now I need to have this adrenaline rush of sort of self-deprecating talk tracks in my head that part I think is is toxic and I don't think it bothers other people as much and I think that mm-hmm. it is something yeah, that I think that's a really that. good
1: point. It's like setting yourself up at the beginning of every quarter for what the goal is that you're looking to achieve for yourself and keeping that close close to your mind as your junior sorry keeping that close to your um, sorry guys, my dog. But no, it's setting yourself up for success at the beginning of every quarter and knowing what your goals are, and then knowing that you don't need to compare yourself if you're still on track for those goals.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's the key. And I think for me, sometimes being happy for other people when they close a deal or something happens. It takes a lot of energy, especially if you're feeling vulnerable and not, you know, where you want to be, but having that thought of good for them. That's great. I hope they worked really hard on that. I hope it feels really good. Even if you don't mean it on a certain level, just saying that to yourself can help me just let go of the internal primal desire to be like, fuck you <laughs> why yeah. did you have to do that today you know yeah um, yeah and i think that goes for anyone it's not for me historically it's not just been people i work with it can be people i work with if i find them um really difficult to work with and therefore it makes it hard for me to have those feelings of good for you i'm happy for you you know I yeah think- for example right now you're at the top of our leaderboard i don't, I don't have any feelings like that making me <laughs> feel pressure which is real yeah. because you're my friend and i'm happy for you yeah. but at the same time i have friends who work at other companies and sometimes they'll be like yeah i just closed a huge deal i mean you know right. my boyfriend works in sales it's a lot of there's a lot of people who are in this industry especially in austin and it can make mm-hmm. Make you feel self conscious or create pressure in your head of, oh, well, my deals haven't closed. What's going on? Should yeah. I'm worried? No, guess, it's you know? really. It,
1: it's, it's, I mean, and that's why we're talking about it because it's the job itself is a pressure cooker, but then on top of it, it's combined with the fact that you're constantly compared to a number that you're attached to. And so if you're far away or close or or over that number, it's always. What more can you do? What more can you give? Look at this person who's doing this. That means I should do this. And I think, look, it's a it's a hot topic because as women, it's even statistically known that we're gonna create more of a perfection perfectionistic actually mentality um, as a result of comparison. And I think you made a really good point. What's what what's helpful is. To remind yourself of your plan at the beginning of every quarter throughout the quarter. What is the number that you wanted to set yourself up for at the beginning of the quarter? And how do you get there? And if you're on the path to getting there, then you know you're doing the best effort for you at that moment. Cut out the noise. For me, yeah, I was, I'm at the top of the leaderboard this quarter because honestly, what I needed to do for myself this quarter was to beat out this guy that was pissing me off. and that was my goal and like fuck yeah I want to own that goal until the very last day of this quarter which is next week but I wasn't gonna let anything get in my way for that
0: yeah that was me yeah and being competitive is healthy I think as like in sports in that kind of way where at the end of the day it doesn't really bring you down if you don't get it. But you also want to see yourself achieve at that level. And maybe that's above everyone else. But you also have to set your own standard. And I think that's the difference. Because if I go into a quarter saying, okay, I want to do better than everybody else, then I have no control over that. Because as soon as somebody gets another big deal in, then I'm, you know, it, it throws a wrench in my entire plan. However, if I say, okay, I want to do this many, that's 2,000 licenses or whatever it is, that's 250K ARR or whatever the number is that I know will get me above everybody else, you know, double my quota, triple my quota, whatever it is, you start there and then you have some level of control, which I think a lot of self-comparison is also about control. And women do statistically have more control problems that's why eating disorders are rampant among women especially women who went to top universities and i think that the fact that you and i you know went to top universities um or whatever in i can't say that with a straight face but in reality those schools you learn to compare yourself to other people because it is, a, it is a survival tactic. You have to constantly self-compare to be able to say, okay, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do more. I'm going to get better grades. I'm going to you know, participate in extracurriculars, whatever it is that other people are doing. You do have to compete with them because that's just how you're brought up. That's how you get into those schools. That's how you do well at those schools. And I had to unlearn that. Um... When I was an adult, basically, it was so hard on my mentality. And honestly, I think it made me kind of mean as a person because I was so self-judgmental that I was very judgmental of others. And I had to let that go. And one technique that my coach taught me, and they also say that in the Harvard Business Review article, is name your internal critic so that you have Mm -hmm. distance from it and thank them for helping you survive because it is a survival mechanism to help you stay motivated, but it actually works against you. So just say, thanks for helping me, Mm -hmm. you know, Lizzie, yeah, and then let it go. And it really helped me let go.
1: Oh, totally. I, when I worked with a coach as well, it was naming the emotion and she had this analogy where you were the driver of your own bus. And so you'd like go into meditation, visualize yourself driving a bus, whatever it is, you might want a stripper pole in it, or you might want a school bus, who knows? And uh, you're the driver of your bus. Mm -hmm. And every emotion that you feel has a seat on the bus. But when you feel that negative emotion, maybe it's self-doubt, maybe it's comparison, maybe it's criticism, maybe it's the not good enough voice, whatever it may be you name it, you let it on the bus, you let it have a spot, but it's not driving the bus, you're still Mm. driving the bus. And I always love that visualization, because if you can get into your body, if you can calm yourself down with a run with meditation with a moment of solace, whether it's reading, whatever tool you have from, you know, Eckhart Tolle, that's telling you, uh, know that, you don't have to be driven by that negative self-talk. So when you're in the throes of, you know, and I get like this every quarter, no doubt, a downward spiral of comparison or, you know, I went out to drinks with some girlfriends from work and we're just blabbing about work and it, it gets to me. I'm not able to totally let it roll off of me. I have to figure out a way to refocus and know, who I am, where I am, how I've gotten here, and what am I doing for myself? Because that's all that matters, not the other noise.
0: Exactly. And I I think that's the other piece of it, right? Is that there's this self-comparison of other reps, friends who work in sales, friends that you're comparing yourself to, maybe your significant other, everyone around you who is also closing business, working in sales, hitting a number, whatever. And then there's also the part that gets in your head of other people that is people complaining, drama at work, things like that, that I also have a very hard time tuning out. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this in our, our interview with Shana, but that part for me is equally as difficult because I look at people differently. I'm very sensitive to the environment that I'm in. And Mm -hmm. when I feel a lot of negative feelings at work, it really gets in my head and makes it hard for me to be motivated. And it's also distracting. So you can't really focus that way. Totally. I
1: think it's so difficult. And I think this is a really important topic because everyone at work is going to gossip and you need actually to be able to decompress. Sometimes you need those confidants like you and I, or whoever you might have to just release at times. But you also need to be careful on who you're expending energy with and how they're taking energy away from you potentially and feeling that in your body because there might be drinks that you have for two hours where the whole time you're complaining and then for some reason you leave feeling wretched and you can't get out of your own way that entire week. And that's something you need to be careful of because your energy is so important essentially in sales you are constantly creating a space for people to listen to you to believe in you and to buy from you and if you're not creating a space of positivity you're not going to sell and if the that that starts from how you're cultivating your own energy and if it's you know taken with a simple drinks with people that have created a toxic environment for you you need to notice that and eliminate it immediately
0: exactly no and you're so right because sales is all about energy transfer and that's really the key I think element of selling is did you influence them or did they influence you you need to be pushing your good energy out onto people because subconsciously that's who people want to work with people want to be around people who have a magnetic energy to them. And if your energy is sapped, you can't give it to anyone else, you know? So you Mm -hmm. have to be constantly replenishing the well. And I think venting and things like that are really healthy to do. And especially as women, we do need, I mean, you and Mm -hmm. I, like, that's how we basically started this podcast. But yeah, we need to have outlets because I think a lot of times when we do talk to our male counterparts, our male managers, they don't understand that we have a flood of emotions attached to everything that goes on um, in our work and in our life. And so it can be overwhelming for them. But we need to get those out somehow. And so talking about things is great, but toxic energy is something you have to be so aware of. And I think one thing that can combat it is just constantly writing down your goals and then going back to them. And that's something that I'm not always great about. Um, and working with a coach can really help on that because they'll hold you accountable to doing things like that. But when you go back, you know, the next day to work after a night with coworkers, and you know, maybe you work at a tech startup or a super corporate job where. On both ends of that spectrum, there are lots and lots of issues always. And so there can be moments where the morale is really low, and you come back feeling like, fuck this, I don't wanna go to work, this job sucks, I'm underpaid, whatever, it's not worth it, I should just give up, basically. Like that's not the, maybe the entire thing that you're thinking, but that's the general feeling that you have. And I think writing down those goals on a quarterly basis makes it so that you can look at that in the morning and go, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going after. I need to tune all this out. And that was good to get my feelings out. But now I still have that. 250k number that i want to hit that i know that i'll feel great if i hit it if it's at a great company if it's at a company where everything is burning to the ground i will feel good if i hit that and that is something that at the end of the quarter i'm going to celebrate i'm going to feel super good about it and that's the biggest thing for me in combating that because if you have no goals then you're going to feel hopeless especially if you're around people who are complaining and also, not just people who are complaining, but just general work drama, things not going well, stuff like that, it's it's not going to feel worth it to you. There has to be a light at the end of, of the tunnel, of the quarter, of the year, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, there there does. And I think it's, again, figuring out what works for you, but also noticing that you have tools to to help the process and not getting in your own way. And when you feel that you are to stop yourself and take the moments that you need to, to regroup, recenter and focus on that goal that you've put in front of us, because the worst thing that can happen is you take a different turn, and you keep going further down a rabbit hole, and that just is not where you want to be.
0: Exactly. And if all else fails, start a podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. Get all out. Um,
0: yes. And that will just recenter you. So just start a podcast is basically the, the end point. I mean, yeah, yeah you, just don't wanna, yes. you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to spiral. I think, I don't know if I've told you this story, but I have seen people um at my first sales job when i was a bdr i saw two people um well i was just in the same room as them scream at each other over a lead that really yeah it was a personal friend of one of one of the people um and the other person reached out to them and they just had a meltdown and that's the that's where that really gets you when you're self-comparing and and Basically, when you're just in other people's business that much, to me, that's when you become this toxic sort of fighting over leads, getting really um, jealous and having all these problems with other people because it also strains your relationships. So basically, Mm -hmm. don't get don't scream at anybody about a lead. It's just a lead. At the end of the day, it's just sales. You're as long as you're growing and learning and progressing. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Not worth screaming mm-hmm. at someone over.
1: Yeah, exactly. So let's finish this episode with our latest funny story. I think that Daisy has gotten a really good, uh, you know, lead
0: today. Just <laughs> to speak of things. I knew going to ask me about that. Yeah, um, Liz mm-hmm. and I sometimes send each other our best accounts, inbound leads, um, just things that you just see it and you're, you just go, yeah, this one, I'm going to close a Really did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. and yeah, so we sell B2B software. That, we, 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 <laughs> do
1: that. we do that. We do that or, or we'll also share some responses we get when we do some cold messaging. Uh, you know like when someone basically tells you that you're the worst person in the world for emailing them or that they can't believe that you've continued to message them and they want to delete you forever out of their entire entity like they're having a bad day and they're taking it out on you those messages are really fun to share as well
0: yeah exactly (laughs) We we get some crazy ones for sure and I think people also are more willing to be huge assholes over email that's another theory that i have is that even though you would think email people try to be more professional i think no sometimes when people just want to let one rip on a salesperson they don't view as a real person they will just go in on you and so if you have any that are funny definitely share those with us um mm-hmm. quota at gmail.com feel free or mm-hmm. message us yeah. on instagram at quota podcast yeah Um, but yeah, my want to hear, yeah, or funny leads, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. or funny leads, or funny accounts, um, that just you just you know when you see it that it's gonna be a a big deal, um, yeah, mine today, (laughs) under title they wrote (laughs) kindergarten teacher, so I (laughs) I had a feeling that it was gonna be something to where you know I'm bringing home the bacon this quarter basically. Mm is what Mm. is what that yeah told me so guys Mm. I might quit the podcast because I'm too successful (laughs) that kindergarten teacher is about to blow
1: your quota at the water
0: (laughs) yeah their budgets tend to be if we had to do a bant analysis I think budget unlimited um authority unlimited for sure (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. authority mm-hmm. very high influential really um, high mm. what is the what's the end <laughs> it's it's a budget authority need
1: so need. like their need, need is, high. is huge the yeah. need actually could it be, be high. Yeah, um, those kindergartners need can but just like
0: tj leave it out please leave that out <laughs> <laughs> um and then timeline immediately obviously because there's no reason why they would have to wait. They public schools don't mm. have budget cycles. Right but, away, right? So, right away. Yeah, right away as soon as possible. Whenever my quarter ends, that's when they're buying. So mm. essentially it's a 10 out of 10 and I I you know I'm going to be rich and and put mm. the podcast so um I'll see you guys later. <laughs> uh well thanks
1: for listening everyone to quota queens we will be back next week with more fun stories and tactics for you to crush your quotas
0: yes and now that we are that we are live on different uh, platforms i can say this which i've waited my whole life to say subscribe (laughs) review everyone knows the rules and also yeah. follow us at Quota Queens podcast and then send any emails um, about maybe how you hate us or you want us to never reach out to you again, that kind of thing. Don't uh, say that. Just love us. Tell people We get enough emails that, like that as it is. Liz is right. So um, if you want to email no us about you. how other people say that to you, email QuotaQueens at gmail.com. We're, we're happy to listen. Yeah. yeah we want to Bye, know. y'all. Bye!